prayer. I'll talk a little bit about it, and then we're going to do it. You know, we talk a lot about prayer, but we want to do it, don't we? I believe that, uh, obviously, it's very important when spoken of in the Word of God, Isaiah, that when uh, God says, my house shall be called a house of prayer. Sometimes it's a house of entertainment. Sometimes it's uh, all types of things, but not necessarily a house of prayer. Jesus said, my house shall be called a house of prayer. And if you would, pull up James chapter 5, and we'll start with this, and then I'm going to move over to Luke chapter 11. James chapter 5, verse 13 through 18. I want to talk to you because sometimes you feel like, and I mentioned some time ago when I spoke of this, but you think your, your prayers are not being answered. But let me give you the assurance that God is listening. And God is uh, responding to the prayers of people that are crying out to him. We need to uh, come in a concert, I guess is the word, together in prayer. Because if Jesus said, my house shall be called a house of prayer, then that is very important. That is priority. And we should make that a priority in our lives, but also corporately in the body of Christ. I believe that prayer precedes revival. Amen. Prayer always precedes revival. And I believe all of us in here could say, Jim, I do believe our country is in need of an awakening. Uh, there's a darkness. I mean, when you're, when you're taking children in the la- last trimester and, and you're, you're aborting them or when, after the child is, is born, if something's going on with them and so forth, you make the choice to, to, uh, to do that child in. I, I just believe those things are signs of darkness. I believe also that there are many who are trying to pull this country into socialism, trying to, to, to carry us away from the things that this country was founded on, and I believe it will be a, a jeopardy for this country if we continue. But I believe that when God's people call, are called to prayer, you know, they, they took prayer out of the school, they took, you can't read the Word of God, and uh, Christians are sort of... Uh, actually persecuted in different places now. If you stand up for freedom, um, you know, you, you're persecuted. I, I was watching just a little bit on TV some clips about D-Day. And a lot of people today were getting further away from the generation of those who were served in World War II. My father served in World War II and all. And that was, it was a world war. And we fought on two fronts. We know the Pacific front and also the European front. And yet... Uh, those powers of darkness, I call them, were defeated. But a lot of young people today have never been in any way, they have no connection to the reality of the cost of freedom. A lot do, but a lot don't. And we need to pray today because I believe when we take things for granted and we're not thankful, we're not grateful today, that I believe that's a slippery slope downward when that happens. A lot of people say, well, let's just go ahead and put everything centralized into one uh, government, the federal government. I don't want that. I want to tell you, with all due respect to all people who work in governmental places, I respect you very highly, and I know you have high standards and so forth. But a bureaucracy, to me, from what I've seen, is never the top efficiency of doing something. Have you all seen anything? I mean, I, you're talking about, because there's no competition. And so putting every, all the power in the hands of a centralized government I think is dangerous because it takes the power away from the people. And the Constitution said we are the, we the people. We the people. And so we're the ones that hold the power. But we had to put men and women in office who are godly, who obviously stand for truth and stand for the principles and values that you and I do. 
But I believe God's doing something, and we'll share in a minute. Look at the scripture here, the prayer of faith. James, Pastor James, he was a pastor, but look what he's saying. Is any one of you in trouble? He should pray. Is anyone happy? Let him sing songs of praise. Is any of you one sick? He should call the elders of the church to pray over him, to pray and anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise him up. If he sinned, he'll be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. It's very powerful. Elijah was a man just like us. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it didn't rain on the land for three and a half years. Again he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced the crops. My brothers, if any one of you should wander from the truth and someone should bring him back, remember this, whoever turns a sinner from the error of his way will save him from death and cover over a multitude of sins. The theme here is prayer. And I want to talk to you because sometimes we feel like that our prayers are not heard. We feel like they bounce off the wall. But basically, he's saying here, is any one of you suffering? Let him pray. Is any one of you sick? Let him call the elders of the church and let them what? Pray. And the prayer of faith will save the sick. Confess your trespasses to one another and what? And pray for one another. And then again, here comes the heart of James, Pastor James' message when he says this, the effective, another translation, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. He's talking about prayer. Prayer is important. God is saying, and so if you don't think prayer is important, just look at the scriptures. Prayer is very important. In other words, when you pray, you partner with God. It's a relationship. Something happens when you pray. And uh, I just think it's so important that we are called back to this. And in the next couple of weeks also, we've got Father's Day, but certainly in the next couple of weeks, I'm going to be talking about some things that are really vital to prayer that I believe all of us can enter into. Now, we make a choice, don't we? And so I'm putting it out there, and I'm saying, Holy Spirit, stir that, that sense of urgency in my heart to pray. But I'm asking that the Spirit of God would stir that urgency in you because I believe we're on the, the precipice. I believe that we can go. This country can go either one way or it can go the other. I think we're right down the way. And I think God is looking for His people to pray. I want this very important to understand that. The life of a community of believers is to revolve around prayer. I can have 10,000 people, they wouldn't fit in here, but if this place was packed out at, what, 200 or whatever, and we're not a praying church, it's really, I don't believe to any avail. This is not a house of entertainment. This is a house of prayer. A lot of churches, and I don't fault them for it, they have all types of entertainment and so forth, and they sometimes try to do certain things so that they can uh, respond to the particular, the culture that we're in and so forth. I don't have an issue with that, but when you get away from the focus that this is called to be a house of prayer, we lose our focus, and we also lose our power. We have no power. Only the Spirit of God, the Bible says, not by might, my, by, not by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. It's by God's spirit. And when God's people call together in community, begin to call upon the name of the Lord, something happens in the body of Christ. You see, the early church was a house of prayer. It was birthed in prayer. Remember, they were in the upper room praying. 
and the Spirit of God came there at the day of Pentecost. And in Acts chapter 4, verse 31, it tells us here, when they play, prayed, the place was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the Word of God with boldness there. And so James is a pastor, and he's trying to tell them the importance of prayer here. But he also is trying to warn them, certainly, is the devil doesn't want you and I praying. He doesn't want God's house to be called a house of prayer. He will do everything possible, even if it's a successful house of entertainment. That's fine with him, but don't allow it to be a house of prayer. And so we're going to be praying some more. I've offered that getting here early, if anybody gets here, we've got some rooms there in uh, Fellowship Hall that we can go in and uh, you can pray and ask God to bless our services and bless this community in Lake City, Texas and beyond. That God would bless the metropolitan area of Houston, Texas, across the world. Whatever God leads you to do, you can come a little earlier. Even if you come for 10 minutes and you step into the room down there, people are praying. We were praying this morning. We're going to pray Wednesday night. We're going to keep on praying until we see something that God and God alone can do. Amen? Amen. We can't do it. I don't have the resources. I'm not someone that just draws people naturally. Some people are charismatic enough to be able to do that. I'm not. I want to tell you, the only thing will draw people in this place is the presence of God. Amen? People are looking for the presence of God, wanting to dwell in the presence of God here. And so this scripture, when it says, the prayers of a righteous person availeth much, you say, yeah, but am I righteous? I mean, do I qualify for this? And let me tell you, if you're born again, you're righteous. You're not by your own righteousness because the Bible says in Isaiah that even our best acts are like filthy rags. But because Jesus has imputed, has imparted, and, and if you want to call it this, covered us, filled us with his righteousness, we are candidates for this particular verse. The prayers, the fervent prayers of a righteous person availeth much, certainly. In Romans chapter 5, it says, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And so let me tell you what James is talking about here are the prayers of Christians. So you're a Christian. If you're a Christian, then you qualify. You are a, a righteous person and your prayers availeth much. You move heaven when you pray. You may not see the immediate answer, but you keep on praying. Something will happen. Many of you may have people that you know that are not saved. You have family members that are not saved. You have uh, people that you know of. Don't give up. This is encouragement. Pray like you never have before. Continue to pray knowing that your prayers availeth much, certainly here. I want to tell you here, a righteous person is someone who's been cleansed by the blood of Jesus, someone who has been born again. But the devil tells us you're not righteous. You know, you're not praying enough. You're not praying certainly passionate enough. You're not praying emotional enough and all these other things. Baloney. When you pray... Moves heaven, moves the heart of God. God loves for us to pray. He calls us to pray. This is a house of prayer. Jesus would not have said that. Isaiah would not have prophesied that. His house would be called a house of prayer. And when we gather together corporately, we need to be reminded of that. Sometimes, obviously, you know, the devil tries to take us out, out of our comfort and assurance uh, that, that, you know, it, it's got to be something else here, hasn't it? You mean God Almighty, the one who spoke creation into existence, he hears and he moves because of the hearts of his people? The Bible is full of examples where God was waiting on people to pray. Remember Abraham? And remember Sodom and Gomorrah? 
He said, if I could just find, what, 10 righteous people there, then I wouldn't have to destroy the city. He went right on down the list there. He couldn't find anybody. Ezekiel 22, it says, I look for one man to stand in the gap, one person, so that I would not have to pour my, my wrath out. But I couldn't find anybody. So God had to release his wrath. So I can't understand this, but I know one thing. God part, we partner with God that God's kingdom would come and his will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. And we pray that in. We pray. I think God waits until we pray. We continue on and quote our activities and maybe our responsibilities. And it all looks religious, but there's no power behind it. It's because we haven't prayed. James is say the effective, the fervent, effective prayers of a righteous person avails much. And that is you and me. It is the Holy Spirit's working in our hearts and lives that make them effective. It's not you and me. We can't do anything. Jesus said, you can do nothing apart from me. But it's God moving and touching us. And I know all of us here today would say, we are in dire need of a move of God across his land. We are in dire need of a move of God in the church of the Lord Jesus Christ today. We are in need of his power. Young people coming to the Lord. We've got an awesome group coming now that are being taught the word of God. And I want to tell you today, I'm hearing what the teachers are telling me what's going on in their classes, and they're great things. I celebrate that because they're learning about Jesus Christ and that he is Lord over all. Let me tell you, because what's happening is the schools are teaching just the opposite. And we're hearing it. These teachers are hearing that. They're hearing what they're learning in school. Oh, the, the people and the kids in school are learning about mythology they're learning about mythology. They're, they're learning about all these things that are being taught there uh, throughout uh, Hollywood and so forth. But certainly they're not learning about Jesus. You know, I told somebody, we need to get back to those basics today. And kids need to sort of like kind of race the tapes in their minds, so to speak, of those things they're learning from the world and replace them with the Word of God. The only way. There are kids out here who've never stepped foot in a church today. They're kids that have no idea who Jesus Christ is. And their parents are negligent and not bringing them into church that they may learn and grow and bringing them up in the admonition of knowing Jesus Christ. But you're not like that. You're here today. So we know what the truth is. We can do something about it. And that is we can stand on the truth and stand upon resolve in our hearts to pray for these that need the Lord. You see, it's the operation of the Holy Spirit that make them avail much there. It makes them powerful. It's not us. It's the Spirit of God that makes them. So obviously, the great qualifiers for effective prayer are the blood of Jesus and the work of the Holy Spirit of God. Prayer. Pray for it can make a big difference, certainly. Certainly. Now, I want to look over at Luke chapter 11, verses 9 through 13. Thank you, Jennifer, if you put that up there. Luke chapter 11. How can you establish a consistent prayer life? How can you do it? Because <laughs> we're busy. We run, we've got it down pat. We understand that if you're saved, then your prayers avail much, right? Your prayers are not wasted. And, and they make a difference. Okay, we, we're in agreement with that, right? Everybody, shake your head. Mm-hmm. We're in agreement. Amen. All right, look at this. 
Luke chapter 11. So I say to you, ask and it shall be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. Uh, okay. For everyone who asks receives and he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will he give you him a scorpion? If you then, though you're evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? If bad fathers will give good gifts to their children, let me tell you, our Heavenly Father is so much better. <laughs> we have not arrived. We'll never meet up to His standard, will we? That's why Jesus had to come. But He will give good gifts to those who ask Him. Remember there before Jesus went to Calvary, and remember uh, Jesus said, Hey, you guys pray. Remember what happened? What did they do? They slept. They fell asleep. Remember? And that's what happens with me sometimes. You know, I'll be praying along there, and next thing I know, my head uh, is in my lap down here, okay? You know, and I know y'all can relate. Don't act all pious around me. I know it happens to y'all too. That's why I'm confessing to you. So, he says, though, anybody who asks, receives. You know, James says you have not because you ask not. And sometimes he says you also ask with the wrong motive and you don't get it. But he says you ask. What happens in the kingdom of God is asking, praying. So here we have is we, our Heavenly Father. We enjoy his, the interaction with Him. I, I, I want to learn to live in the presence of God and to live in prayer. And so how can we do that? What's the first thing we do? you got to decide to do it, right? If you don't make up your mind that you're going to do it and say, I'm going to do it and resolve to do it, then you probably won't ever do it. Let me give you to you. I've talked talk to you all before. I love cars, obviously. On my bank account, I can't export. I, I get Hondas, okay? But I love Corvettes. I like them. I like the new ones. They look great to me, and I look at them, and I hope that I don't, obviously, in that sense, cross that line of envy and looking and so forth, but I'm not sure. But anyway, I love Corvettes. I want a Corvette, but there's a difference between Jim Barcliffe wanting a Corvette versus Jim Barcliffe buying, uh, deciding to buy and purchase a Corvette, right? Because if I did that, then we would have to say, and obviously, I would have to talk to my wife, Cindy, and that would be a moot point. I'd give up then, okay? But why I'm saying this is, is that you, it is more than wanting to. All of us want a better, more effective prayer life. But you've got to decide to say this is a priority in your life. If you don't decide that it's a priority and you just say, hey, it's something I want, you believe prayer will move obviously, uh, God's heart and that, that we will see a revival or maybe the next generation or, or whatever. We believe that, but it certainly is up to us whether or not we will decide to do it here. You know, we all live pretty much with what we've chosen. Our choices have sort of formed kind of, in a way, who we are because, you know, we, we try to make good choices and so forth. And then we see the consequences of bad choices and so forth here. But certainly, the most important thing is our prayer life 
and your prayer life is what we have chosen it to be. It's what we've chosen. You decided not to pray. You decided that obviously your, your prayers are not being heard or maybe they have not been effective as you thought or maybe God didn't answer your prayers in the timetable that you thought that, that he would. And so you maybe we give up. The day is a day of encouragement. The day is the day we're saying, God, we need that. We need you to stir that in our hearts again. Move in our hearts because, again, it is the inner, Holy Spirit's interaction with us in that way to stir these desires that we will decide to pray. So uh, what is the process that we go through when we enter into different things? First of all, we've got to conclude that it's genuinely worth the investment, that we believe prayer is worth the investment because there is sacrifice involved, right? In our busyness, we've got to set aside time to pray. We've got to look and say this is more important than something else. So is it really genuinely worth the investment? Is it? I believe it is. I believe it is. I believe that as you choose that, you'll see as God reveals himself in that way. God will do that certainly here. Uh, So it is. Have, Have you ever felt here that, you know, you prayed and prayed and prayed and nothing happened? And so you give up. You just stop short. And I think sometimes we stop short of the answer that God wants to give us. We've got to keep on persevering. And that is a prayer I pray every day. Lord, help me to persevere. And my relationship with you and my prayer life with you and my relationship with other people, let me persevere. I mean, life is about perseverance. How many of you in here know that today? I mean, we know that, don't we? You've hit some hard times. We've hit challenging times. We look back over our lives and we see, hey, man, I came through that. But at the time, I didn't know how I was going to come through it. You persevered. It's worth your investment to hang in there and persevere, certainly here. Luke 11, you know, after teaching the Lord's Prayer and illustrating God's willingness to answer prayer, Jesus said that, I ask and it to be given to you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door will be open to you for everyone who asks receives and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks, the door will be opened. I want to say the definite nature of what this is saying. Probably the Greek is real emphatic also in regards when he says, we'll do this here. And so the point Jesus is making is God answers prayer. And when you pray the infant, to an infinite, almighty creator of heaven and earth, he responds to your request. Let me give you an example. Suppose that your son that you love comes to you asking for fish sticks. Fish sticks. Y'all don't even know what fish sticks are. I do. Because when I cook supper, I cook fish sticks. That's what I fix, because they're easy to fix, and most of the time I can't mess it up. They're fish sticks, all right? Would you trick him and give him, give him a snake instead? Suppose he's hungry and ask you for an egg. Well, would you uh, cruelly hand him a scorpion? No, no father would do that. He would give his child what the child needed. But those natural fathers don't even come close to the love of our Heavenly Father. Isn't that encouraging? We wouldn't do that when you ask him. You know, I've always said, what am I, I'm asking amiss here and so forth. You know, Romans chapter 8 says the Holy Spirit intercedes for us with moans and groans too deep for words. I think 
the Holy Spirit in Jim, and I've always used this illustration, Jim's praying along and he's going, Father, I'm just asking you to do this and do that and so forth. And, and I'm way off base from what God's will is. And I don't pray purposely against God's will or anything, certainly, but we never know and, and so forth, or we may not always know. And, and somehow the Holy Spirit takes that prayer and turns it around and says, Father, what Jim really means is this. And he prays in the perfect will of the Father, according to Romans chapter 8. And so we can't. We go to our Father. You know, children don't always ask for exactly all those things that, that they need or, or maybe will be good to them and so forth or, or do them right and so forth. Do they? We're just children. And we lift our hands and say, Heavenly Father, you know, I ask these things. I want, please, I'm coming to you today, whatever it may be. But it takes prayer. It takes faith to say, my Father will answer my prayers. He may say, wait. He may say, no. Or he may answer the, the, the prayer. We need to celebrate small answers to prayer, just like we do in here, as well as big answers to prayer. Amen? Because God answers prayer here, certainly. 2 Corinthians chapter 9 says this, Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. It works that way for every one of us. Nobody beats the system. Always what you sow. You'll reap what you sow. You have what you ask for. He says he'll give it to you. He says in Jeremiah, he says, Call upon me and I will answer you. And I will show you great and mighty things that you could never imagine. Our responsibility is to call on the Lord. God's responsibility is saying, I will show you. I'll answer you. And I'll show you great and mighty things that you never, ever imagined. But we've got to make it a priority in our lives. Prayer here is a first. Everything can't be a priority. We've got to choose the priorities there. In Matthew 6, 33, you all know the scripture. Jesus tells us to make the spiritual a priority and the material things will follow. Listen to this. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Are you seeking first his kingdom and his righteousness? He says, according to the word of God, everything else will be added unto you if you put the priorities in the right place. If you speak and put spiritual stuff in place. We always think, oh, I got to get out. I got to do this. I got to do that. Yes, we do have to do that. But man, that spiritual better not lose first place in your life because then everything wreaks havoc. It's my life doesn't, doesn't work right when that happens. God says when we seek first his kingdom, then his righteousness and all that, then those things will be added unto him. Listen to this. Remember in Luke chapter 12, um, there was a man, he was a farmer. And his crops flourished and filled his barns. And so what did he do? He said, I'm going to build bigger barns. And uh, he says he decided to live comfortably, eat, drink, enjoy himself as much as possible. And look at what happens in Luke 12, verse 20. But God said to him, fool, this night your soul will be required of you. And then whose will those things be which you have provided? He built up all these barns and he got all this stuff on this earth. All these storage places were full. And he had to build more and more and more. And God says, you fool, you had your priority in the wrong place. You didn't seek me first. You didn't store up things in heaven where raw, where rust and moth could destroy them. 
And so we, too, are like that so often. We got all this stuff stored. I don't know anywhere in the Bible that says that uh, your kids are due an inheritance. I don't see it in there. But I got to store it up for them because they haven't ever really been able to make it and so forth because, you know, they really don't like to work and they don't like to do this and that and I've got to do this. No, you don't either. Nothing tells you in the Word of God that you're making a way for those children to come after you. Nothing wrong with loving them and helping them and so forth. I'm not saying it, but I'm telling you, don't store it up. Be rich towards God and the things of God, and your life will turn out a whole lot better. Now, I'm not saying there won't be troubles, and I don't say that you'll have a million-dollar check in the mail, but I'm telling you one thing. Down deep in your heart, you'll have the joy of the Lord, and I want to tell you, don't let anything steal that joy in your heart. It's the only thing that keeps you going through life here. God said, you fool. All these things are going to be required. You're getting ready to die, and you have not stored up the riches in heaven for me. Certainly here. So, two decisions. Decision that that investment with God in prayer is a good investment here. And the second is the decision to make prayer a priority here. The third is develop a plan. When and where. Where are you going to pray? Where are you going to pray? When are you going to pray? You can pray at all times, but when is that time maybe set aside? You just get alone where you can get into the presence of the Lord. Because the Bible says in Psalm 16, in the presence of God is the fullness of joy. And so when are you going to get pray? Get along, get him. Get along with him, right, Billy? Get along with him and talk to him, pray to him, seek him, get to know him, get in his presence there, quiet, stillness. Still, that stillness. I love celebration, but I also like the part of worship where it's stillness and solitude too. I love the banners. I love all this. I love that, just praying, praising God. But that stillness with the Lord is very important also. That's when you sort of catch your breath, your spiritual breath, that you can keep continue on. So what's your plan? When and where? All those things. In Psalm 55, David says, Evening and morning and at noon I'll pray and cry aloud, and he shall hear my voice. Then David's praying three times a day. We've got to discipline ourselves, right? In Galatians 6, 9, Let us not grow weary in doing good, for at the proper time we'll reap a harvest if we don't give up. So don't give up, because we'll reap if we don't give up there. Prayer works. But it doesn't always work as fast as what we think. And so that's sometimes we give up. I want to encourage you today. But the Bible says here, everyone who asks receives. Who finds? Everyone who sincerely seeks. That's what it says. That's what my Bible says. You seek, then you'll find. If you knock, it'll be open there. So you can turn to your neighbor and say here, uh, obviously Jesus said everyone. That includes you and me, right? You look at the one next to you. Jesus said, everyone who seeks shall find. Everyone. That means you and it means me here. So let me suggest accountability, prayer partners. You may not be able to get with people because of whatever, you know, schedules, whatever. Get on the phone if you can. Maybe we set up something that, that uh, can get people on the phone and pray over the phone or or answered prayer, or whatever, touch base every so often through that. Accountability is very important there. Remember, Peter and John went to the gate called Beautiful in Acts chapter 3, and it says one day Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at 3 in the afternoon. And remember what happened? The beggar got healed at the gate called Beautiful. He was leaping and jumping and running and praising God because he got healed. They were going together. Prayer partners are very important. We maybe pray about that, see how we can institute that here at Lighthouse Fellowship. Keep, your, keep yourself motivated 
you know, one step at a time. Why are you doing it in the first place? Uh, don't allow feelings to determine whether or not you do it or not. Everybody feels like coming to church today. You know you've been doing it all your life. Most of you have been anyway. Sometimes you don't feel like it. You don't feel like doing this. You don't feel like blessing people. You don't feel like it. Feelings are fickle. The truth never changes. Our feelings change like the wind. So hang in there. Don't allow your feelings to determine in some way or another that your prayer life. Maybe it doesn't seem like God is answering. According to the word of God, he's listening and he'll answer in due season. Don't give up. Persevere there, certainly. So stay committed to the biblical principle regardless of the ups and downs of your emotions. Celebrate answers, big answers, small answers, no matter what it is, but thank God for each and every answer here. Maybe you write it down in a journal and, and record the answers here. We're recording visions and prophetic words here also that we're gathering. I want to gather together. All these things are very important. The restoration of David's tabernacle. Uh, that God has spoken, uh, different things have been spoken, that uh, he's blessing this congregation, you know, uh, way just beyond belief here, his blessings that are going on. We're getting dreams, we're getting visions, we're asking God to release dreams and visions here and prophecies in this place, which he will do to give us direction in this crucial time of history that we're in today. So thank God for each one and all. But maybe I sometimes use uh, different devotionals, in different ways, you know, you use a devotional, and uh, you can pray it. You can pray the scripture. The Lord is Jim's shepherd, and Jim shall not want. He maketh Jim to lie down in green pastures, and he leadeth Jim beside the still waters, and he restores Jim's soul. And go through the read and pray the scriptures very easily. Stick your name in there. Stick the church's name in there. Stick your family's name in there, and pray. Also use uh, particular. Uh, Again, devotionals or a book on prayer or whatever to try to flan, fan the flame of prayer to keep that in front of me because it's so easy to drift away here. Don't allow interruptions to divert you from your commitment. Daniel prayed three times a day. Remember, they told Daniel, you've got to stop praying to your God. What did he do? What did he do? Anybody tell me? He kept praying, didn't he? What happened to him? What did they do with him when he kept praying? Threw him in the lion's den, Right? Did Daniel continue to pray in the lions then? Yes, because the lions' mouths were shut. And the king didn't want Daniel destroyed because there was something about this guy, Daniel, that he liked. And so uh, he went back. He, that morning he looked, and man, Daniel came. I'm fine. How are you, old king? He prayed, didn't he? Don't allow things to divert you from prayer here. Daniel prayed regularly, and he didn't concede. Don't be disappointed there will be opposition. The devil doesn't want you to pray. I can tell you right now, the devil, I've told you, the phone will ring, thoughts about what you've got to do will come to your mind, uh, all types of things. Man, I've got to do this. Did I remember to do this and, and so forth? The devil will tell you, put all these thoughts in your mind, uh, immoral thoughts in your mind, and, and then you'll start condemning yourself and so forth, and all you take that thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. All this stuff starts happening because he doesn't want you to pray. He doesn't want Lighthouse Fellowship to pray. He wants us to continue to come into church and, and go forth. I don't want just come to church to be coming to church. I want the presence of God. I want a move of His Spirit. I want children to come to know Jesus Christ. That's my burden. My burden is to see all ages come to have a special relationship with Jesus Christ. That's my desire. That's my hunger. But it 
continues on when we pray and we seek his face. We've got to pray. We've got to pray. We'll be talk more about it. I'm going to keep on talking about it and, and sharing about it. And I just believe it's a must. Keep on. We partner with the Lord as we do that. But again, the enemy says no. Remember, again, Abraham. He wanted Abraham to intercede. Remember what happened to Moses up there on the mountain? Joshua was in the valley. Valley. He was fighting the Amalekites. And, and her and Aaron were holding Moses' hands up. And when they got tired, Moses' arms went down. And when their, his hands were raised, jo, jo, pardon me, Joshua, Joshua defeated the Amalekites. But when his hands drifted down, then, then the Amalekites defeated Joshua. And that's symbolic of intercession. When you pray for the leadership of this church, you're holding our hands up so we have the victory. This church has the victory. The body here of the family of believers in this place has the victory. But when we don't pray and we don't intercede, we do not. We lose the battle. Keep praying. This is me and it's you. Keep praying and keep seeking the Lord because it's very important. And then Daniel again, and most important, prayer. It's about a living relationship with Jesus. It's about a living relationship. He listens. The righteous, the fervent, righteous prayers, uh, fervent, effective prayers of a righteous person availeth much. He's talking to you, and he's talking to me. Amen? Amen. Okay, hold a second. Y'all, hold on just a second. We got some time. So, unless y'all want to sit up there for a minute, I'm just going to take a little while. Could you give these out, please? Uh, these you've had uh, were back on the back table, and um, they're about prayer. Nancy compiled a list. Okay, these, this list is, I told you I was going to do something different. Everybody like the banners? Amen? Look good, don't they? They look great. King of kings, Lord of lords. Love them. We talked about it. Been talking. Kathy, she stepped out and got them. They're just prettier than I ever imagined. So we're going to use them. So each person needs to have one today. Did we have enough? We, just enough? Let me get one up from more back here. Then. Everybody get one? Okay. Okay. I want to go and I want to start. Because uh, we don't want to, we got so many people, and I want all of you to experience corporate prayer. Okay, I know many of you, it's hard to pray in front of people, uh, but you can read it. Okay, so I'm going to start over here with Gov and with Karen, and if you would, and if you come to it, and and you're, uh, and we're doing this on Wednesday night, the Lord gives you a prayer for this one. Like for example, the first. Uh, Pray for the Lord to uh, prosper, pastor, leadership, abundantly, physically, spiritually, and financially. Each person will do one. We'll go back, Tom, Cindy, right on down like this, and take one. If, you, if no, no prayer comes to your mind about it or anything, just, just read it. That's a prayer. We're saying it before the Lord. We're declaring it before the Lord right now, okay? Okay, Gov, begin. Okay. Um, you the second one? The first one. Yeah. The, 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 uh, no, the, the Lord to spot, prosper. Our pastor and leadership. Amen. I hope that 
not, no one was put on the spot with this, but this is, you, these are prayers, and, you know, um, it's, it's so important. So we're kind of learning to grow together, okay? Uh, we're, we're growing together, and uh, I just felt this is really important. We can pray for these. God, God takes us. I, I read these when I pray. I'll read these, and sometimes the Lord gives me other things, and I'll, I'll branch out as God, maybe God's Spirit puts things on my heart, but you can take this, and this is a prayer guide. Nancy came up and, and compiled this. This is a prayer guide, and we will do this. I'm going to do it in the next couple of weeks. We'll start on this side next week, and we'll go through it and so forth. But this, this is something we're learning to do corporately, uh, to pray together. And I'll be honest with you. You all know this, but when you pray together, it pulls you closer together, okay? Because, you know, uh, it, it's not how you pray. It's not... Uh, you know, all your words get right and so forth because you're praying in front of people, and I realize that too. But it means that what God's Spirit is doing is He's bringing us all into this concert of prayer. He's bringing it all together to pray. Community and prayer, and uh, this is, is good. So maybe this past, next week, just again, look and pray, go through prayer lists. I use lists also to help me stay on course. I don't always, uh, I, can pray, I can pray for healing for different ones uh, and here and, and around, but uh, uh, okay, thank you. Any comments? Any reflection upon that? Thank you. Thanks for bringing that up, Ed. Thank you. Again, uh, the day is a day I'm going to pray, and y'all will agree with me. Again, amen means we agree with what you're praying. Amen. Okay. Uh, Trump and what Trump is trying to do is to uh, do some things to bring, uh, I believe, righteousness back. I believe that is a part of it, regardless of what political party you're affiliated with here. Uh, I believe that's, that's the case, and I believe uh, there's some things that are happening that we need. The Bible tells us very clearly in the book of Romans to pray for those in authority. Pray for those in authority. We know that. We can pray for them. We can pray, and I've mentioned pray for our Congress, that our Congress is at a standstill because of what you see happening. But also, we see our Supreme Court is a very, a very powerful, obviously, court, the highest court in the land. But uh, his, the, some of the uh, ways they've done things, it could be debated that they're not doing it exactly the way our founding fathers uh, have uh, instituted it to do, to be and to do. So pray for them. So I'm just going to pray for, for uh, President Trump right now, and y'all can, can join in with me. Father, thank you that we can pray for our president. We thank you, Lord, today. Uh, we know he's not perfect, and neither are we. And we know, Lord, we have different differences and so forth, but he is the leader of this country, and we believe that uh, uh, in one way or another, whatever's happening spiritually, we believe you can intervene and that you could give him godly wisdom and, as mentioned here, discernment of knowing right and wrong and doing the right thing for this country. We ask you, Lord, to do that this day and that you would keep your hands upon him, that he would govern wisely and he would govern under the anointing and direction that your spirit uh, gives him. We ask you, Lord, protect him from the evil one. Protect him from those voices that would try to keep him from doing the will of God. And we ask you, Lord, today, give him strength, spiritual strength, physical strength, and emotional strength. 
We pray for his family. We pray, dear God, that you would cover them in the blood of Jesus. We pray today that you would direct them. And dear God, today, that he would shut out all voices except for your voice. And he would hear the word of God, the word of truth. We pray for him this day, Father. And joining many others around this country today who have set this day aside to pray for the president. We pray for our Congress that, dear God, they would put the differences aside and they would come together for the betterment of, of this uh, country and for the people that they serve and, and that they have been elected by. We ask you, Lord, today that you would speak to them, that you would touch them and bring them together. We pray for our Supreme Court. We pray, dear Lord, today when we see differences, when they bring forth different decisions, it's just the opposite because of the political side that they, they stand on. And yet, Lord, today, uh, the law says something, and, and they are not to make law, but they are to obviously speak and interpret that in a way that would be obviously uh, judicial, but also, Lord, uh, right in your sight. Lord, we pray for local governments. We pray for League City here and the leadership here that League City officials would, would govern uh, in a godly fashion. And we pray for our state officials, Governor Abbott uh, and, and all others that are governing, that they would do the right thing according to your word and according to your will. We just ask you today to turn this nation back to you. Send, Lord the winds of revival to the church. Revive us, Lord. Start here at Lighthouse Fellowship as we call upon the name of the Lord. Thank you for your presence here today, Lord. Thank you for answered prayer. Thank you for this congregation that you uh, have brought here to this place. They call their home the Lighthouse Fellowship, Lord. Bless each and every one. Very special to you, Lord, I know. And they're very special to us. So make your presence known, Lord. Hear our prayer. And we ask you with thanksgiving in the name of Jesus, amen, amen.